The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We greet you here in the nave of Marsh Chapel, whether you are present here in the nave with us, whether you are listening live at WBUR 90.9 FM throughout New England or listening live over the internet at WBUR.org. Welcome to Marsh Chapel and this service of ordered worship on this glorious Sunday morning. My name is Brother Larry Whitney. I have the privilege of serving as university chaplain for community life here at Marsh Chapel and to facilitate the service this morning. I bear greetings on behalf of our Dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, as he is away in these summer months. We bear a special word of welcome this morning to our guest preacher, the Reverend Dr. Lawrence Edward Carter, Sr., Dean of the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. International Chapel and Professor of Religion at Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, and distinguished Boston University alumnus. Welcome, Dean Carter. Let us stand as we are able in the praise of God.
Let us pray. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Have compassion on our weakness and mercifully give us those things which for our unworthiness we dare not and for our blindness we cannot ask. Through the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Behold a broken world, we pray, where want and war increase, and grant us, Lord, in this our day, the ancient dream of peace. We gather once again in an all-too-violent world, and we confess together our own brokenness and our own contributions to the brokenness of the world around us, as the choir sings our traditional Kyrie. Bring, Lord, your better world to birth, your kingdom, love's domain, 
where peace with God and peace on earth and peace eternal reign. Dearly beloved, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the book of the prophet Amos, chapter 8, verses 1 to 12. This is what the Lord God showed me, a basket of summer fruit. He said, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, The end has come upon my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. The songs of the temple shall become wailings in that day, says the Lord God. The dead bodies shall be many, cast out in every place. Be silent. Hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, When will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath so that we may offer wheat for sale? We will make the ephah small and the shekel great, and practice deceit with false balances, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, and selling the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. Shall not the land tremble on this account, and everyone mourn who lives in it, and all of it rise like the Nile, and be tossed about and sink again, like the Nile of Egypt? On that day, says the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feasts into mourning and all your songs into lamentation. I will bring sackcloth on all loins and baldness on every head. I will make it like the morning for an only sun and the end of it like a bitter day. The time is surely coming, says the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 28. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 52 with the antiphon. Why do you boast, O mighty one, of mischief done against the godly? All day long you are plotting destruction. Your tongue is like a sharp razor. You work for a country. You love evil more than good, and lying more than seeking the truth. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. The righteous will see and fear, and will laugh at the evildoer, saying, See the one who would not take refuge in God, but trust in the one that riches, and saw attributes as well. 
But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Glory to you, O Lord. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she, came to, she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
I am immensely grateful to be back home. My entire career of 37 years at Morehouse College was launched right from this chapel. In fact, from this very pulpit, when Robert Hamill took the first King sermon to be delivered from here in behalf of the university, from my hand and said, I'm going to publish this. The rest is history. I am thrilled to see Dean Neville. Congratulations on your, the completion of your trilogy in theology. I see my friends, the Flukers. It's so good to see you again. I'm grateful to the Dean of the Chapel, Dean Hill, for this invitation. And I cannot stand here without calling the name of Robert Thornburg, who literally launched my career in campus ministry. Probably one of the most generous persons I've ever met. My wife, Marva, is here with me today. And so you'll have two people to blame if you don't like what you hear. <laughs> Our text for this morning is from Luke, the first chapter, verses 37 and 38. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Please think with me for the next little while from the topic Christmas and Easter in July. Wouldn't it be wonderful if when you leave chapel today, everyone who sees you, everyone who knows you, would recognize that there is something different about you, that you have been transformed. Wouldn't it be great if, after the benediction, your very life had become today's sermon? Isn't this the reason you came to chapel today? To be transformed? To become the Word made flesh? This morning, I want to give you a gospel interpretation that will free you to give birth to heaven on earth, to the beloved community, and make all of you the embodiment of the mind of Christ. Isn't this why Jesus came? Not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it and to anchor unconditional love on earth. Christmas and Easter are the two most celebrated high points on the Christian calendar that we mistakenly think must be confined to December, March, or April, and to Christianity. Today, I want you to consider the fact that Christmas and Easter belong to the world, for God so loved the world, and not just Christians. Life is always appearing and rising to another level of maturity. Something about us dies daily, and we are born anew. Creation and resurrection 
never stop. God is creativity, the energy of change, the power in evolution, and the inspiration for all growth. God is the motivation for seeking the best possible, for all improvement. People are constantly becoming alive, awake, alert, active, and aware of how we overcome lack, limitation, poverty, disease, obstacles, resistance, deficiencies, violence, and disbelief. Whatever you have given birth to in your life is what the world is going to look like. Because what you are, the world is. And without your transformation, there can be no transformation of the world, says J. Kushnamurti. Remembering Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her encounter with the Archangel Gabriel is an excellent way to broaden our perspective and to lift the limitations we have put on our lives. Mary reminds us that there is divinity within us. A transcendent consciousness desiring to be reborn that lifts us above all circumstances passing in our experience. Jesus tells us that the kingdom of heaven is within us. And yes, the kingdom of God is within us. What does this mean? It means we are not to look to the external world for our fulfillment. When we remain ignorant of the heaven within us, love, peace, joy, abundance, when we remain ignorant of all of that, we suffer the consequences of all unconsciousness. And we then focus on circumstances passing in our experience, like terrorism and the attempted coup that has occurred in Turkey. This is why the scripture admonishes us to seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and all else will be added unto you. Impregnated by the seed or the will or the purpose of God, giving birth to the highest possibility within us, the Christ, divinity, the sacred, within each one of us, gives us life more abundant. The Latin root word for work and worship is the same. If you are not worshiping, not working on yourself, if you are not working on yourself, your inner self, you are not worshiping to improve your life from the power of love as the highest norm or ideal, which makes the practice of all virtue possible. Remember, faith, 
hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You are not identifying with or fellowshipping in the qualities of God if you are not embodying this love. So here are seven questions. I want you to hear, and as you hear the questions, I want you to think yes to each question. Just as Mary said yes to Gabriel, everything will greatly improve if you can say yes to infinite spirit. First, are you prepared to give birth to an awareness of your own divinity? Can you let a realization of heaven in your life flood your consciousness? Can an inclusive, life-affirming spirituality cease to be in the future after your ascension and become an everyday reality in your life? Can you live in the outcomes you desire and in the results for which you pray and not just lecture and preach them? Can you not just have a dream, but be the dream? Can you live a life so focused on unconditional love that you have no time for hate? Is your spiritual life filled with the radiant light of joy, peace, health, kindness, generosity, integrity, and forgiveness? Well, if you can say yes, if you answered yes to all of these questions, then Gabriel is about to announce that God has found favor with you and that you are about to give birth to your greatest possibilities this Sunday in July. God is about to be resident, a resident, in your awareness. You are about to give birth to an experience of yourself that is totally supportive, affirming, appreciative, divine, and God-conscious. A life that will mirror Gandhi, King, Mother Teresa, the Virgin Mary, and yes, the mind of Christ. There is a Christmas in your life for every crisis. Because a crisis is a birth and an opportunity. If you are experiencing a crisis, something new is trying to break into your life. Do not be afraid of change or upset with change. Don't resist change. It may be God offering to give you a gift, impregnating your soul and giving you an awareness of the kingdom of heaven. The call to change may be God endowing you with peace, freedom, a more dynamic life, 
the courage for spiritual realization and a new birth or resurrection. Since Ferguson, Missouri, and the crisis there two years ago, the number of black people killed by police has gone up. According to the American Civil Liberties Union, Philando Castile of Minnesota is the 123rd black person killed by police in the United States this year. When Philando died from gunshots fired by policemen, it was Good Friday all over again. But when the bravest young four-year-old Diana sat transfixed by a close-up gunfire, blood, and violent death, she said to her grieving mother from the back seat of the police car, it's okay, mommy, I'm right here with you. The words of this little girl ushered in Christmas and Easter morning. When Diana comforted her mother like a guardian angel, it was a birth and a resurrection from the womb and the tomb of separation and aloneness. The crisis was a birth, an opportunity, and a rising into a world of new possibilities, into a new season in life. Christmas and Easter are twins, because when you see the crisis, it's an opportunity to also see a new start, a new beginning, a genesis as a new birth, a new you, a coming forth from a tomb or a womb of being by yourself. Your crisis can inspire a decision on your part to come forth into a new world and to grow from ascension consciousness. It can be your second coming where you emerge as a transformed being mothered by your humanity and fathered by God, risen at last to your true reality, where you see yourself as God sees you. God does not see any of our faults, because God cannot relate to anything unlike God's own whole, perfect, and complete nature. When you respond lovingly to negativity, you are being mothered by your humanity. Your humanity is the best indicator of your ethics. When you are driving down the expressway and someone unexpectedly cuts in front of you and you don't give them the finger or turn the air blue with expletives, you are being mothered by your humanity. 
Your best new self is always what God has for you if you will let or allow it to shine through and be the change you wish to see. If you don't become the change, then God is still born in your life. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Stop looking to the external world to fulfill yourself. When you say yes to God as Mary did to Gabriel and as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, the highest possibilities can be your gift to the world from your new birth or your new appearance from the womb or the tomb. The question this July Sunday is, are you working on yourself? Or is this all we're going to get? Let us pray. Dear God, we know that the only limitation that there is, we impose on ourselves. And we know that in the spirit of Jesus and in ourselves, the sky is the limit. Continue to teach us to believe in ourselves, forgive ourselves, and affirm ourselves with a loving embrace so that heaven will shine in our faces and we will heal our history. So be it, and so it is. Let everyone say, Amen. The Apostle Paul noted, we should devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So let us come personally and collectively to prayer, standing, sitting, kneeling, or however the Spirit moves you. The call to prayer is hymn 473, Lead Me, Lord. Holy God, creator of the world, sustainer of life, 
You are the one eternal God. We trust in your steadfast love. We praise your name and give you thanks for all that you have done. For as God in flesh, you cleared the way to salvation through your death on the cross. We are grateful for your abiding love. Gracious God, we confess our sins. We are guilty of overconfidence in our ability to take care of ourselves. We are guilty of underperformance in taking care of others. We ask for your forgiveness, merciful God, and we welcome your transforming Holy Spirit to renew us. Lord, we trust in you with our whole hearts and we pray for your guidance. We commit ourselves, acknowledging you in all that we do so that you can direct our paths. Open our ears to hear the spirit of truth. God, we know that with you, nothing is impossible. So we pray that you renew our hearts so that we live our lives in the most excellent way, with love. Abide with us. Help us to overcome our worldly dispositions so that we take every opportunity to practice patient, kind, protecting, trusting, hopeful, and unfailing love. We pray that we extend a loving hand without judgment to ease the suffering of all those around us. We pray for peace, lifting up the people in Turkey, in France, and in this country. We lift up all for whom violence is a norm in their lives. We pray for peace of mind for all who are in despair. Abide with us, Lord, so that we are not indifferent to those in need. Use us to be the peace of your presence in their lives. We ask for discernment, courage, and strength to put our faith into action with compassion and service for others. We know that you are faithful to all of your promises and loving to all of your creation. Hear our prayers, for we offer them with the faith that you are near to all who call on you in truth. We pray these things in the name of the Holy One, sent by the one, only true God. Amen. And now we pray together the prayer from our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. We welcome you once again here to the Nave of Marsh Chapel, and we invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. Once again, welcome, to, welcome home to Dean Carter, back to Boston University, and especially here to the pulpit at Marsh Chapel, and we look forward to having you back next week. Following the service, we invite you downstairs for a coffee hour and a time to greet one another and share in fellowship. For all of our upcoming services and activities here at Marsh Chapel, we would point you to the Marsh Chapel website, bu.edu slash chapel, where there's also the opportunity for online giving. As the ushers wide upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate upon Alessandro Milani's setting of Psalm 146. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
We give you thanks, O God, this day for life and health and peace. Bless these gifts and those who have given them for the building up of the people of God and the service of the world. Amen. Now may the great God, who raised Jesus from the dead, may that God rebirth and raise you from the womb and the tomb, going above you to watch over you, beneath you to sustain you, behind you to encourage you, in front of you to lead you, and within you to give you peace both today and throughout all of your tomorrows. Amen. <laughs>